This podcast is brought to you by Alaska Air Cargo. You just can't ship seafood any fresher. Hello and welcome to the Interfish Podcast, where we discuss the most compelling seafood news of the week. I'm Drew Cherry, Editorial Director, and I am here today with John Fiorillo, Executive Editor. Hi, John. Hello. And I'm here with Rachel Sapin, Reporter. Hello. So, we've got a lot of news to talk about today. Uh, we sent out a breaking news alert uh, with um, news from NOAA. Uh, from U.S. Uh, government officials about the Chinese tariffs that were put in place in uh, retaliation to uh, the ones that uh, Trump put in place. Um, as those of you that are readers probably know and probably have seen just in, in general, uh, those uh, tariffs hit loads of U.S. seafood exports, but primarily of the biggest concern were fish meal, uh, ground fish, lobster, um, some of those are going to be hurt worse than others. So um, this uh, NOAA official and the, the letter that you got a hold of, John, um, what does that tell U.S. exporters about the, the next steps and what they need to know? And how, uh, how certain are we that that's uh, the, the real information? Yeah, since Friday when the retaliatory retaliatory strikes were sent by China on uh, tariffs, there's been a lot of confusion, especially around reprocessed um, seafood. So seafood that goes from the U.S. to China to be reprocessed and basically sent back over here most of the times and sold. So salmon, pollock are two of the biggies. And there's just been no clarity from anybody on were they going to be part of the tariffs or not. So this is the first, I I would say, official um, word that they will not, they'll be exempt from the 25% tariff. Now, can that change? Yeah, it's a very fluid situation. And, um, you know, NOAA's even waiting to get some more response and clarity from uh, China's Ministry of Fisheries. So I, I would say it's the best information at this time. So, okay, uh, Rachel, what have the Alaskans told you? Because you reached out to uh, some of the government officials and asked me, what do they, what do they think? They just got back, or several of them just got back from a uh, trade mission in China, so they were probably a bit surprised to have these slapped on just right after that nice trip. But um, what have they said? Well, I spoke with them uh, yesterday, and the story, like John's saying, it's unfolding, and we get information kind of, you know, piecemeal. Uh, But as of yesterday, uh, Alaska, the Alaska industry leaders and lawmakers really just want more information on what is going to be taxed. Um, All of that, they just said that at this point, with what information they have from the Trump administration, you know, pretty much their total $1 billion worth of um, seafood that gets imported to China is on the line. Um, And China's their number one customer. Um, So they're really worried. Um, And I think even having news confirmed that reprocessed uh, fish may not be tariff, would be like taxed, would be, you know, good news to them. Yeah, and um, fish meal also is going to be uh, exempt, correct? Or that's the the latest news that we have out of NOAA. Yeah, that's 
that's what we that was part of the document we obtained today. So, yeah, as far as we know. So the the group that is not uh, going to feel any better about that news uh, are the main uh, main lobster producers. Um, I talked to Annie Salikas of the Maine Lobster Dealers Association yesterday, and uh, I mean Maine's been working on this. Uh, well, on trade issues, um, it sounds like nonstop. So they were working on CETA and the Kennedy proposal regarding uh, shrimp, and I think it was crayfish too, right, that he mm-hmm. wanted to put. Mm-hmm. So they were just trying to, to do damage control on that when uh, when the news came on Friday about the China tariffs. And, and this is really going to hurt. It's really going to pinch. Um China has grown very, very quickly uh, as an export destination for uh, live lobsters. So in 2006, there was around 700,000 U.S. dollars in exports. Um, And last year, 128.6 million, which is just kind of phenomenal. Um, So it's not an insignificant market for them. They were just expecting, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, China had said it would be lowering tariffs for consumers. And um, if I'm remembering correctly, um, Annie had said that was going to decline to 7% for uh, lobsters, which right now it's 10 and 15% for live and processed. Um, so they were actually anticipating this, you know, some great news. Um, and instead... And incredibly ironically, uh, Canada now has this massive edge over U.S. lobster producers into China because they're going to be dropped down to that uh, lower percentage of tariffs. Uh, Meanwhile, U.S. producers are going to be paying uh, or their importers will be paying upward of uh, around 45 percent because the understanding is that those come on top of existing tariffs. Mm -hmm. So... I mean, I I think, especially for for them, especially given the increasing catch of lobsters in recent years, I think there's there's a lot of concern about the impact. And uh, Matt Jacobson at uh, at the uh, uh, lobster promotion uh, organization, he had said that, yeah, we can we can pivot and find new markets, but that's not quickly easily done and you would think lobster sells itself right i mean you just think oh yeah it's just everybody loves lobster well not in the volume that they're catching you can't just doesn't matter how many you know mick lobster rolls you you produce um you know there there's just not enough demand here domestically so no there isn't enough demand here and all that growth you talked about came outside the u.s so i mean it's hard to pioneer new markets, but clearly they had. And then, you know, Canada now has an advantage going into Europe as well. With uh, They signed a trade deal uh, not too long ago, which uh, makes their lobster more affordable. So the U.S. Uh, lobster guys, like you said, I'm, I'm sure they're, they're really reeling right now as far as trying to find solutions. So if you had to guess... Um, given that the Trump administration then came out again today, I believe it was, saying we're going to slap another $200 billion uh, uh, worth of goods with tariffs. So if you were a betting man, would you say that will include crayfish and shrimp and tilapia? 
I I don't really know. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to say. I I mean, they they have political power. Those groups in the U.S. and in um, but the fact they were left off the beginning, it's just there. There's not enough there to me. But who knows? You know, the thing the thing I think about this is, will this all matter in a week? Because if you watch the Trump administration throughout its two years or however long it's been going on that Trump's negotiation style is he drops a bomb in the beginning like the worst case scenario and then the the people on the other end have to react and then he usually walks back at some point and there's some agreement so the question to me is will China blink will they keep dropping the same bomb that Trump drops on them as they did on Friday <sighs> I want to believe no. I want to believe that this will kind of settle, but how do you know with this with this group? I don't know. Can you please not use the metaphor of dropping bombs? Yeah, I appreciate that. Sorry. It feels very warlike to me, though. So there you go. Yeah, I, I think it's going to escalate, and we'll see. But I, to me, uh, the desire to appease red states in particular tells me that there's a good chance that there's going to be some tariffs slapped on shrimp. Yeah, uh, but I don't, I don't know. Who we'll knows? see. We'll see. But, but then, then things get to a whole completely different level of chaos. Because when you're talking shrimp and you're talking tilapia, then the numbers are real. You know, then it's real. Because even though, I mean, China's a really important trading partner uh, for the U.S., but it's also... It's pretty fragmented the impact across the across the different species in a way, and you know, groundfish people they are able to find other markets. You know, lobsters a, a different deal, um, but it's not it's not like uh, shrimp. You know, our number one uh, product, and I mean that to me is. Then suddenly you have a seismic, seismic shift that could happen. Um, so let's see. Let's see what happens. <laughs> um, well, just uh, quickly changing gears and something that's uh, yeah, a little bit less, uh, uh, less concerning and actually positive. Um, so Rachel, Arctic Storm, uh, Arctic Storm Management announced that they would be uh, building a completely new catcher processor or rebuilding a completely uh, new replacement for the Arctic Fjord, right? Um, and this is, so this is uh, big news for the Alaska uh, Pollock sector. Um, you spoke with uh, Arctic uh, Storm Management uh, CEO Doug Christensen. So what did he have to, to say about it? Yeah, Doug um, was thrilled when we called him about uh, the Arctic Fjord that's going to be, I think, complete by 20, 2021, and it's like an $18 million project, Rolls-Royce is first in the U.S., going to be built in a U.S. shipyard, um, and it's like the first uh, shipping vessel from the uh, North Pacific fleet to be replaced completely. Um, the Starbound did do an upgrade to their fleet, um, I think it was about two years ago, but they didn't actually replace the entire vessel, which is what the Arctic Fjord is going to 
to do and it's also going to you know be a very value-added ship with a surimi processor and um you know the fish meal processor being able to create fish oil and uh, i think they're increasing the crew um to about 150 people from 120 so it's a really significant upgrade for that fleet which according to doug um, a lot of those vessels are from like the 1980s so they really they need the upgrade for pollock over there yeah and i mean in a way it's catching them up from uh or it's playing catch up with the russian fleet ironically or the russian you know the the renewal that's happening in russia which is um basically the government giving a, a warning quota for uh for shore-based construction to the uh to uh, the harvesting companies so, but the the kinds of investment that they're putting into their vessels is massive, and clearly they have their eyes on um, stealing market share from uh, the U.S. or at the very least creating products that domestic consumers may want. But um, our stringer in Russia wrote an interesting story uh, last week, um, saying that's you know it's easier said than done in terms of producing products domestically. Um, because it's not necessarily that the products that Western consumers want are the same as as uh, what Russian consumers would want, and then just getting the raw material supplies. You know, it's still the higher value, the higher dollar is going to be in export markets right now for uh, for Russia. So uh, I think it's a really good um, good development for the Pollock sector, um, and uh, yeah, I think it bodes a lot a lot of positive things to come and is in line with what's been happening in in uh in Pollock. Well, there's a lot of other topics we could dive into, but we want to make sure that we get uh get our podcast out to the uh to the sector because the the China tariffs are so immediate. So, uh we'll be back next week and we'll be hitting on a lot of other topics. Um, thanks for joining us. Remember that you can find all the latest news on intrafish.com. You can subscribe to our many newsletters. Uh, you can also follow us on social media at Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, all of those places. So thanks, John and Rachel, for joining, and uh, we'll uh, see you all next time. This podcast is brought to you by Alaska Air Cargo. You just can't ship seafood any fresher.